Welcome to B&B with Ellie, Biohacking and Beyond, the podcast where we dive into the incredible world of self-healing and the mind-body connection using biohacking and lessons from Germanic New Medicine. Good day, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to this very special episode. I am so excited to be interviewing my guest today. When I discovered Germanic New Medicine in 2021, there were hardly any experts that offered courses to learn it, and I was so lucky to have chanced upon Andy Lockmere's website, who was offering one at the time that I discovered it. And there is no way you would do a search on GNM without finding Andy Lockmere's. She's simply a household name in the GNM English-speaking world. So she's a Germanische Heilkunde teacher and consultant, and my teacher, I might add. She has an MA degree and multiple holistic certifications. She's a karate champion turned ballet student. And she started studying holistic health since she was 12 years old. Hello, Andy. Thank you so much for being in this podcast. Thank you so much, Ellie. It is an absolute pleasure to be here and to be talking to your audience today. I'm really excited. So the GNM community is really growing in the Philippines. It kind of came out of the biohacking community that I started in 2018. And then I just started posting all about Germanic New Medicine and as you know, GNM is actually a type of biohacking, but on a higher level. Thanks to you, I found out about it and I learned about it. And you were the only one at that time that was really teaching or was really offering courses. So Andy, just to start, can you share us your background and journey, whatever, how you got into all of this, how you started, what your backstory is? Absolutely. Yes. And there's, there's the long and the short of it. So, you know, I've always been interested in holistic health. I think my birth literally set me up for that. I was ready to be born and the doctor wasn't there yet. So they made sure I wasn't born until the doctor was there. I came out very angry. And my grandmother, who was also there, said I looked like a prize fighter when I was born. So I was ready for the fight right away. And at age seven, the doctor, we had a local physician in our neighborhood who would stop by and do house calls if needed on his way to work. I had a sore throat. My mother had him stop by. And I I was, keep in mind, I'm seven years old. He says, okay, you know, I think you've got strap. We're going to get you some medicine. I said, well, I'm allergic to anything with a red dye. Now, this is the mid-1960s. I'm seven years old. I'm telling this doctor I'm allergic to, I think I'm allergic to red dye. And he says to me, okay, we're going to get you some medicine. And then he says, it's red. And then he does this thing with his eye. I didn't know what a wink was, but he winked at me, but I didn't know what he, what that was. So I'm thinking this idiot, I tell him that I shouldn't be eating red dye. And he's giving me a pill with red dye. He's an idiot. So that was age seven. So, uh, you know, there's just no way I'm following a tr- following a traditional path. Started really <laughs> investigating holistic health at age 12. This is the late 60s and early 70s. And, you know, from there, what can I say? Gave birth to my daughter at home on my waterbed in my early 20s. Raised her holistically, herbs, homeopathy, the whole bit thought, well, I really need to get serious about this. And when she was of adult age, off to college, I'm like, I'm turning myself to holistic health. So I started studying and getting certified throughout 
oh, many, many countries I went to, to different kinds of certifications, opened my wellness center in Maine, the state of Maine, in 20, in 2006. And around 2008, I started hearing the internet. We now hit internet, right? Um, <laughs> I was starting to hear about this thing called German New Medicine. I'm like, what the heck is that? I mean, at this point, I'd been involved in holistic health for decades. And so I did some research and saw that you have to, you know, go to Canada for training. And it's like, oh, I have, I mean, I was working 60 hours a week in my wellness center. It's like, I'll just buy the book. And if I, if I read it and I like it, I'll start using it. And I bought the book. It made absolutely no sense to me. It was in English, but I couldn't read it. So this was a mystery to me. I had that book for a year. I would take it out every few months and think, I've got a master's degree. I should be able to figure this out. And I couldn't. So I finally, the intuition was so strong. So I went up to Canada. And in the first 30 minutes of that first training, I totally understood how to read the book. Wow. Wow. So began my journey that weekend changed my life. I started barely understanding it. When I re returned to my clinic, I started looking things up all the time. And I shared what I was reading with my clients to see, is this true? Does this make sense to you? And so together with my clients over the next few years, I explored what this was, what it meant, what it meant for me as a practitioner of many arts. And so I started to really work with it with clients and started to see amazing results. In the meantime, I had to reframe everything that I had training in because I had to use it differently. When I did that, I was more effective. I knew I was into something. So when you work with people, no matter what your modality is, there are always people you cannot help, right? And so it's like, what's that mystery all about? Why, why does this diet, why does this herbal formula, why does this homeopathic work with so many people, but it doesn't work with these? When I learned then German new medicine, Germanic new medicine, and now Germanische Heilkunde, all those mystery gaps were filled in. I understood exactly why it didn't work with these folks. And when I started to use it differently, or more importantly, not use those modalities at all, I was much more effective. What of what I was interested in asking you, Andy, because this is like in the 60s, right? And you're kind of like smacking, you know, how sexy the medical industry has become at the time where pharmacists and all of these sales ladies and they're re really pushing Rockefeller medicine like crazy. How did you not get sucked into all of that? Did you know that you were just going to go holistic? I mean, you said that the red dye was like, oh, please, at seven years old. But yeah, how did you not get sucked into all that? I truly, truly think my birth set me up for that. It's like, do not trust these people. And I, I never did. I, I, it wasn't a, not a question about getting sucked in. There was nothing to get sucked into in my mind. It just didn't exist. It wasn't right. I knew that as a child. I'm, I guess I'm weird that way. <laughs> I it's never like, went down that path. You know, I camp, I had to do camp physicals. It's like, okay, height, weight, whatever. That was pretty basic. Never really use them. Wow. Even in never even your parents, your family never used medication at all. No. In fact, my mother, when she passed it at the age of 85, this was in 2016, she was on no medications. I had her on all kinds of good 
good superfoods and and good foods. And she was in an assisted living facility here in the U.S. So no, we we didn't we didn't go down that path. She had many times in her life, but when she finally moved closer to me towards the end of her life, I, I was near her for the last three years of her life. You know, I got her all holistic, all all the all the stuff. Got her off on. I think she was on one med, and she didn't need that, so got her off of that and. She was fine with that. She goes, oh, I don't want to take that anyway. <laughs> Are you okay to share what she passed from? Um, well, she ran the self-esteem devaluation program for probably decades, which many, many women, many people do anyway. She was born in 1930. She lived through our Great Depression. And she lived in a household where you had to measure up right. um, or you weren't good enough. You know, So she had a lack of self-esteem that really never stopped her. She probably had anemia at some point in her life, very lightly, probably for decades. And then finally, in some final healing phases, when you start to have some level of dementia, you know, then things go by the wayside because now they they resolve. And so basically it was organ failure. It was, you know, what we'd call old age. But if somebody had to put a label on it, which I made sure they didn't, they would have said leukemia. But that is so common for for ever, for so many people. Yes, we've had it when we don't know it. Yeah. If you've ever been anemic, then you've had leukemia. And it's not what you think it is. Exactly. Exactly. Did your mom know about GHK? <laughs> well, she knew about it. And she thought, you know, it's like, oh, my crazy daughter, you know, <laughs> I can't say she took it very seriously. She wasn't interested, at, you know, later in her life and her 70s and everything to learn something brand new. It wasn't her cup of tea. She was proud of what I was doing. She didn't understand it. But it's like, oh, it's she's doing well. I'm so happy, you know, more of a mother's love and pride versus what is it you do? <laughs> I think it kind of bodes well when you're like the signature crazy lady in the village. Right. Which I have been in my family my entire life. So what can I say? <laughs> I actually come from a family of doctors and I'm the youngest oh. of kids. <laughs> oh my gosh, Ellie. There she goes again, jumping off a plane or going snowboarding. Oh, she's doing whatever she's doing right now. You know, it's another crazy thing that it's a, it's like a crazy phase that I'm going through. <laughs> exactly. Except the crazy phase lasts your entire life. So exactly. This, <laughs> this is the last crazy phase ever. <laughs> yes. Once you get to Gamanache, it's like, okay, I found it. This is it. That's the beauty of it. It gives you that peace of mind because now you totally understand your biology and 99% of the world does not understand their biology. Exactly. And and just today, I had a friend who just passed from breast cancer. You know, she understood yes. GNM I, I, and we knew the DHS, we knew the conflict and everything. And but she was still afraid, you know, just couldn't Absolutely. Yeah, get off that that train. So absolutely. And that's why that's why the most important thing we can do is teach our children and raise them with this. Yes. In many ways, it's it's helpful for everyone to learn this. But if you have a diagnosis, that's like teaching a drowning person how to swim. So we want to learn this when we're healthy and we want to raise our children with it. And that's the most important thing we can do. That is my my greatest goal, Philippines, is to raise this awareness so that the next generations will grow up with this in mind. Perfect. Perfect. That's exactly what we need. That's a, a wonderful thing to strive for. So 
Go for it, Ellie. We need this. And thanks to you for like teaching me and spreading this word and really being a brave, crazy lady spokesperson out there. (laughs) My pleasure. It does seem to suit me, evidently. (laughs) (laughs) You know how they say that when we're five to seven years old, we kind of know what we came to the world for, like our incarnational purpose, that that soul happens to know what it is. And, And it apparently was so crystal clear for you for this path that you're, you know, you're blazing. Right. Exactly. Although I really didn't know that at the time, I just knew that this didn't work. You know, anything revolving the medical community, it's like that, that doesn't work. And I knew that very young. And I understand that you, like me, have a center, as you can see here behind me. This is a, a, a background photo of my center, really big that I put up. And I opened it two months before the lockdown in 2020. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I know. I know, right? <laughs> but I understand you had a center for years. And how did that feel like? Um, and what was the, like the last straw that told you, like, oh, I'm just going to close this and I'm going to go fully GHK? Right. That's a great question. Um, I started it in 2006. I was working out of my home prior to that with clients, and then I got too large. So I moved that to a center. And, um, you know, really, you work so hard when you have a center. And I was really wanting to be as present as possible with my clients and offered all kinds of things. And colon hydrotherapy is what a lot of people came to me for. So I did colonics for folks and I had a rejuvenation room and did herbs, you know, the whole bit consultations for all kinds of health issues. And then in 2009, I really started using um, Gamanache with my clients by 2012, in those three years, I did enough of a evolution of my own consciousness and thinking that I realized that a center is just dragging me down. It was so much work. And I had people who rented rooms from me. So, you know, we had a lot of traffic in and out, a lot of clients. And that's great. And that's wonderful. And I realized at that point, is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And having a center is going to detract from that. So I sold the center. And the other part of this is that, you know, my daughter was now an adult, married, and had two babies. And she was a thousand miles away from me. So in a warmer climate. So I could get out of the snowy, cold climate of Maine, move south, sell my center. I knew the only way I could kind of remove myself from my clients was to move out of state. I couldn't have just closed my center. I would have had to move. And so it's like, I I need to move and closer to my grandchildren. So it was a, it was a whole perfect storm. It all just came together beautifully, found a buyer for my center. She bought the equipment. She bought all that. And then I moved in 2012 down to North Carolina five minutes away from my grandkids. And I started working virtually. I was on an international GNM team at that point, was on that for three years. And I consulted worldwide. That was a huge, amazing education and, and got off of that and was doing just all kinds of things. And my mom passed. And then I'm like, what do I want to do with my life? It's (laughs) like, you know, Gamanache is it. So I thought I need to teach. Consulting is wonderful. And you only reach a few people. Even if you're seeing 20 people a week, that's 20 people a week. I needed to make a bigger impact. And so I needed to have a vehicle to do that. And that was, I need to either write a book or start a course, write a course. So I thought I'm going to write a course. 
So I did. And I launched that around 2007. And that went through several incarnations. And that's what you eventually you found a later incarnation of that. Right. And I keep launching courses. I have more that are launching. I keep adding to that because this is the wave of it. We need to teach everyone. Consultations are never going away, but it's really teaching that is the heart and soul of Gemanishe Hayalkunde. And that's that's what we focus on is the teaching. Wow, what a great journey. And you know, it's it's kind of echoing to me. It's like, is it Ellie? You you have a center, and I feel exactly the same with you that you do, Andy. And I think a couple of times I told you, Andy, I'm gonna do what you did. I'm just gonna close it and I'm just gonna go fully G. Them. But of course, did I do it? No, I'm not. I kind of stepped back. <laughs> it's like, ah, there's so much potential here. And just to let you know, my center is like a human optimization center. And it's the only one in the Philippines. It's like for high performing athletes, for CEOs. And, I'm, and there's also groundbreaking work in special needs families and all of that. And so it's like, I don't want to close. I don't want to close. But I, yeah, I feel the same way that you do. It, it drags you down. It makes you scarce. It's like nobody can yeah. get access to you except like the few five people that you see. Yeah. yeah. And that just, yeah, that just felt like I needed to reach out more. And there might be really good reasons for you to keep the center open or to keep a, a rendition of it open and even have other folks come in and take your place in some places. But you ultimately have to decide where is my place? You know, where is the best, where can I make the best impact in the people that I want to make an impact? Right. Yeah. Thank you so much for that, Andy. And I'm, I'm so thankful to you because I, I remember two years ago, I was looking and looking. I mean, I bought videos everywhere. The Canadian site, you know, the, there are two Canadian sites. There's one in European and all of this. And, and yours yeah, was yeah. the one that really exactly what I was looking for, the Beyond Holistic course was a basics course that you know got you in there and Germanische Halkunde you have to study it you can't just read it off the internet it right. has to be known and studied and and practiced and applied and breathed and slept and that has to right. be your cells it does you have to fully embody it it, I mean, you, you don't have to, but if you really want to live a biological life and be and have body autonomy and health autonomy and body sovereignty, then yes, you need to live and breathe this and embody it. And you can't just read it off a website and think you're going to understand it. You won't. You can't read a book or watch some videos and think you're going to understand it. I was just in a teleconference with someone who was a self-proclaimed, oh, I know, Gamanashehail Kunde. And it was very clear from the first words out of his mouth that he really hadn't embodied it and he didn't understand it. And yet he's self-proclaiming that he does. It's very obvious to those who do embody it on, you know, whether you do or not. And it's totally up to you. It's an individual choice. And yet the more the people do, the more they have a sense of themselves and a sense of they, they get confidence. They understand what's going on and why. And we're not saying you never use the medical establishment. We're not saying that at all. It's important to understand when to use them. And that's what Gamanache teaches you. In 2020, February of 2020, believe it or not, I had elected to have surgery on my toe, on my foot. And that was, and that had been coming, that was 40 years in the making, having a bone spur on my foot. I know the conflict shock, but you know, that was 40 years prior to, and 30 years prior to understanding Gamanache. 
So there were changes in my in my toe joint. So I chose at that point, I knew the only way to really get through that after trying so many holistic and alternative methods was to have surgery. And that was the absolute best decision for me. And it might be for you as well with whatever health issue you have going on. But you don't know that until you learn to see it. Is that the best option for me? Right. So it kind of marries the best of both worlds. It just makes it sense. And, and it totally fixes the paradigm, doesn't it? In the pandemic, we saw it was such a broken paradigm and it just didn't make sense. It wasn't sustainable. This changes everything. And once we have a tipping point that enough people have learned this, then we know automatically the allopathic medicine that is based on greed and profit, it will shift there will be a fundamental shift in it at some point because the consciousness has been raised enough on this planet that we will not support systems that are based on greed and profit exactly and and the shift will be kind of seamless because we're kind of going to be under the radar because we're not going to get sick ever quote unquote sick and they'll they'll just never see us in their establishments and they just have no clue that you know that we're aware yeah, that we live by exactly. We are here. We are knowing and learning and teaching, and we are growing in numbers. Yes, we are finally. I find that this year was so different because this year it's like there there was an explosion um, yeah. of Germanische Halkundes. There was so much information out there, and I know they're not always the most fortunate events that happened, but somehow there was a silver lining, and that is that. The access yeah. to the information became readily available. It just became easier for some reason. Absolutely. You are so right. So when I was holed up on my couch, you know, with my recovering foot, I'm thinking to myself, huh, I think I need to hire an assistant. I was doing everything by myself at that point, all, all parts of it. I was doing all tech stuff, all customer support, all content development, leading all webinars, teleconferences, doing all of it. So I was busy, but I'm like, huh, something was telling me in like December, 2019, January, 2020 to hire someone. And I thought, oh my gosh, how will I ever afford that to pay for, you know, someone went through a process, hired someone in late, um, early March, 2020. And I mean, talk about listening to your inner guidance. Then I ended up using her, I, I hired her part-time. I don't know if I can give you all the hours of 20 hours a week, I'll try. And I ended up hiring her full-time and never looked back. And now I have a team of three that work for me. So it's, um, yeah, there, there was an explosion, immediate explosion in early 2020. So that's the silver lining. And that's as it should be. We all need a wake-up call. Without a wake-up call, we don't look for something else. We don't look beyond our own lives. And and I know it's Jenny. Jenny's an amazing <laughs> assistant. Yes, she was my very first one. Thank goodness. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and she is from the Philippines. We are very proud of our VAs. Because yes. Yeah, they're amazing. They they really oh my gosh. work. They speak great English and they're very yes. eloquent. She's been really the backbone of my organization. And I couldn't have done what I did in 2020 without her. So I am eternally grateful to her. And then it became apparent we need a graphic designer. 
And so I, there was no way I was going to hire anybody else than someone from the Philippines because, you know, you guys are fabulous, wonderful work ethic, and you seem to understand us Americans, which I find a lot of Europeans don't as much, <laughs> truly. So it's like, this is great. And then I, and so I hired another Filipino and then I needed somebody stateside. So then I hired an American here to help with um, client and support services. So, yeah, so it's a great team and I couldn't do it without them. So yeah, Renee and Jenny are who you hear from when you get in touch with my team. Yeah. I actually noticed that you change your graphics and you know, they're more stylized now and they're coming out regularly. It's yes. yeah, that's amazing. I'm like you yeah. right now, Andy, back then where I, I do everything, everything, every single thing. I'm just literally one person, <laughs> but, but, but it's that is and yeah. good for you and <laughs> there's a big and in there <laughs> yes yeah i mean it'll make sense later on but for now you'll know when the time is right and then you'll have a path forward no doubt because it sounds like your center is important and it may need to stay open just like it is and what can your can, can your capacity be different at that point Thank you for that, Andy. So you've been around for, is it more than 15 years then that you've been doing GNM? What is the um, math? Just over 14 years, uh, 2009 is when I learned it, started hearing about it and I bought the book in 2008. So yeah, so 14 years. And can you share with us some of the fantastic, miraculous cases that you've had or experienced that oh, you Yeah, absolutely. There's there's been so many and they are just, you know, every time I hear of one, it's like, oh my gosh, it's just more validity. And when you start out, you need that validation. You need to understand, is this working? Is this crazy or is it real? Yes. And that I learned that it was real when I still had my center because, you know, I couldn't deny what I was seeing with my own eyes. Just the, I would pull the book out and start reading it to my clients and say, okay, this means if you have this symptom, it means you have a conflict, you had a conflict shock of this. And I would tell them what it was. And I said, do you feel like you've had anything like that, you know, before you had your diagnosis? And every single one of them like, oh my gosh, yes, yes, I had a separation conflict at that time. Yes, I had a territorial loss at that time. I lost my job or something like that. And it's like, oh my gosh. So it validated it right there. And then it's a matter of looking forward. Well, how do we move you past this? So let me think. I had one woman who was an amazing woman in her early 50s who had had 30 years of urinary tract infections, 30 years. And that was pretty tough. She'd been, she was antibiotic resistant now because she'd had so many antibiotics for decades. She was in a monogamous relationship for this entire time with a wonderful husband. And she finally, you know, at the bottom of her bucket there, what do I do? I can't take an antibiotic. I can't have relations with my husband without having a UTI. So I taught her Gamanesha Hyalkunde. We looked at what was the original conflict shock, and that was obvious. She could see it, and it happened in college. And then, uh, and that's when the UTIs began, was after that. And it was an attempted rape. Uh, did not succeed, but the attempt was there. So once she learned Gamanache and we put the pieces together, she saw the bigger picture of how this, how, why and how this kept occurring over the years. So then it became, how do we make peace with that? She'd actually made peace with the original 
you know, attempted rape years ago. And she was able to see it from a different perspective. And when, and that often happens that when we understand why, instead of being in mystery for 30 years and in that place of doubt about ourselves and not having concrete answers from the medical authorities, once we get that concrete information and we understand it on a very deep level, oftentimes it simply resolves. Yes. And we're done. Sometimes it takes a little bit more work. She was able to reframe this in such a way that she understood why her body was taking care of her the way it was. When she did that, within about six or eight weeks, she was able to have relations with her husband and have no UTI yes. for the first time in her adult life. So I mean like- that's, you know, it's stories like that, that I hear all the time. Yes. Amazing. Time. Have you yeah. had anybody with a stage four cancer? I've had many people with stage four and it really depends on how far down the medical path they have gone on whether they are able to get through this or not. And that's why we want to teach this when people are healthy and teach it to children. So it's not that our generation or, you know, adults at this point, it's too late for them. It's not. It's not at all. In fact, it's really important to learn it, especially as you age, because then as you age, you can make different health choices for yourself. Really important to age well. Yeah. And that's why, yes, you everyone wants to learn this and needs to learn it. And you know what I find fascinating about Germanische Halkunde? It's like, it just gives you an in of your soul, you know, what you went through your whole life and why you are the way you are. So for example, like me, I'm husband free and child free. I feel that I have a maturity stop because I still have stuffed animals and I love cats. And Aww. it never made sense to me. Yeah, it never made sense to me until I, you know, I, I took up GNM and I read about constellations and maturity stops and yep. shoulder shapes and baby faces and all of that. And I just thought, I'm just a weirdo that just <laughs> really never wanted to get married to any of the, the guys that I was with. And I never felt maternal. But GNM actually elucidates the reasons and, you know, the possibilities why that happened. It's, of course, I, I do recognize the DHS, the, the, the traumas that I had that, you know, closed this hemisphere and then the, the repeated conflicts that were tracks and all that yeah. kind of embedded it there. But, you know, to understand that and to say, oh, I know why and who I am, why I'm there. Yeah, there's, no more, there's no more mystery as to who you, why you are the way you are. Yes. Yeah. So empowering. So empowering. So empowering. And I'm so glad you brought up constellations because yes. that is, oh my gosh, that is my passion for sure. Ah. And that is when we look at men, what we'd call mental health or behavioral issues, personality quirks, all of that, they're not just random, Right. They're not random. They are caused by our constellations, which are two conflict shocks, two programs running at once. And that is a fascinating enterprise, you know, a fascinating study, I would say. Yes. Starting up my constellation course again, that will be happening soon. And I'm That's so right. excited. People have been waiting for this for, I haven't done it in over a year. So I'm so glad to get back to it and to be able to offer it. And it's a very user-friendly course. A lot of Constellation courses are difficult to understand. I know when I learned it, it was very difficult to understand. So I tend to put my signature on it. I break it down into 
this is what you need to know. This is, here's what it is. And this is how you use it and all of that to make it usable for people. Yes. Yes. I'm I'm so excited excited by that. Yeah. It's, it's my passion. Yeah. I know. And I, and I actually want to take the opportunity for you to talk about that, but I keep advertising it. We keep telling people here, get on the wait list. So we have a wait list for it. Oh, okay. Maybe it's just that it's a wait. I'm on the wait list. Okay. (laughs) I signed everybody. Everybody's yeah. Everybody's on the wait list. We don't the registration is not open yet. So we're just putting you on a wait list. As soon as the product is ready, we will let you know, everyone on the wait list, we'll let you know. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. But Andy, my one request is, could there be an Asian friendly time zone? I know it's difficult to get U.S. and Europe and Asia together. Uh, It is. It's pretty much impossible. Um, (laughs) It's really, really hard. So, you know, what I could, yes, I will. I totally honor that. And so what we need to see are what what are the numbers. And if it justifies it, I'll do another course for you guys. Yeah, I'll plug yeah. it in my community. Uh, everybody knows you in my community in the Philippines. Yes. The other thing I'll say is that I will be, the course will be videotaped and I'll be videotaping it and then we'll do a live Q&A. All of those will be available for everyone. So anyone can okay. join at any time and get the live lecture that's a video and also get the live Q&A that's a replay. And then on top of that, I will also do live Q&As. Okay. And I'll do those at various times. So we, so I hit your time zone, US and European time zones. So we'll do different time zones for those. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. And do we have to do the, the listeners have to go through the basics first before getting into constellations? It would make a lot more sense to do that. I will give a five minute intro to Gamanache. And if that's not enough for folks, then they need to at least have a better background than that. So that that's going to be a great question. I hope we've got some folks who don't know Gamanache at all, who will take it and give us that feedback. Standard. I think they'll be able to. Yeah. I but think I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I, I took Beyond Holistic, like the, you know, the little course that you, that you give our clients and all, and it's so easy to understand. Like the way you do it, if this course is going to be like the way you do it, your signature style, it's going to yeah. be so easy to understand. So easy to remember. And it could be that just doing my mini course, which is free, would be enough for people. I think- yes. I think you're onto something there. Thank you for saying that, Ellie. Yeah. Well, yeah. That mm. plus, you know, the, the free reading on the website, disease clarity and all of that. And lots of discussion groups now on Telegram and everything. People are starting to know it. Wonderful. Yeah. We'll have a Telegram, a psychosis yes. constellation Telegram group. So yes. it'll, be, it'll be good. It'll be I'm really good. I'm so excited because in my work as a trauma therapist and special needs um, somatic practitioner, I deal with a lot of constellations. Yeah. Yes, you do. And you need to really understand them. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I'm just waiting for the ability to read CT scans, which which I know will not be until two years from now, clinical GNM. But it'll that, be a while. Yep. Yes, it'll be a while, but it, it will be very helpful to, to know how to read the CTs. It will be. So yeah, everything's, it's great. It's a great time to come into Gamanache and, and learn it now because it is exploding. And so the time is right. And of course it is with all that's happened on the planet. It's all yeah. perfect divine timing. So Andy, what are the other courses or other modes of learning that you have available? I know you have case studies, master classes. Would you like to tell us about those? 
Absolutely. Yeah. You've mentioned already many times beyond holistic medicine, which is my foundational course. It's the starting place. I'm working on advanced beyond holistic medicine at this point, and that will be out soon. And then I have the, every month I do a case study club, which is like a book club, but we look at case studies. How do people use this? How do they get healthy? Which is fabulous for anyone. Anyone can join that. It's one hour a month. It's $12 American. It's a a great introduction. I also do a masterclass every month. That's an hour and a half of just a deep dive into whatever questions people have. Then I will be starting that my starting back up my GHK for practitioners course, and that will have a cohort starting then in January. And that will be about a six month course that will prepare you for working with clients. And it gives you a, a very good firm background and also how to the resources that you need to do this and the research skills to be able to help people. I'll be starting the SBS club, um, SBS school, sorry, at some point, which is the biological programs. I'll be doing a lesson on every single biological program, and that will be video and handouts as well. A book, you know, that comes with that, a booklet that comes with that. So that's super exciting. That will take several years to to actually finish, but I'll be starting that. And then of course, constellations and psychoses, and that will be starting this year probably around November, December. So at that that point, that's probably a super full load <laughs> there. Isn't it? Yeah, I know. It's going to be amazing, Andy. And um, for our listeners out there, I did the GHK practitioner course with Andy. I had to submit a unofficial case study where I really used GHK for a particular SBS, which was lupus nephritis for me. Yep. It was yep. a really great success story. And I attend case studies. I When you want to learn about some about an SBS, you want to look at case studies because yeah. there's no knowing what that psyche, you know, anchored into. It's just all over the place. And case studies exactly. will give you an idea of, you know, what to look for, what the possibilities exactly. are. Like seizures, you would never know what the heck causes them. You know, it could be anything. It could be whatever that that person perceived. Usually you would think it's a fall, like a motor conflict, but it could actually be a figurative stuckness that the person, you know, perceived. So, And that's really understanding the nuances. So that's, yeah. And the nuances, we learn those through case studies. Yes. Yes, exactly. I love all of this access that you're giving, Andy. And I always love your teaching style. I love the way you speak. It's so easy to to understand it. Just the way you are, period, is you're just the perfect teacher. So it's such a privilege to have you in the GNM world. Thank you so much, Ellie. I appreciate that very much. It is a (laughs) It is my passion. It is what I love to do. And I'm glad that I have the skill set to be able to bring this forward in the way that I do. My final question, because I know you have a I know you have a meeting, is if you could wave a magic wand and the world would be how you want it to be, what would that world look like? Oh, my magic wand, which I wave every day, is uh <laughs> That this is firmly embedded in all of us, because truly when that happens, you know, that tipping point will occur. And, you know, I look at the future of this world and how what we're aiming for, what we're all working towards, even when it looks like we're not, is to have that higher level of consciousness and that higher level of awareness. 
of who we are, what we're doing here, and how to be healthy and how to live a long, long life, yeah. long, long life, much longer than what we have now. Yes. So once we learn this information, you know, then we over generations, it's not going to happen overnight, but over generations, we will see a huge shift on this planet. Yes. And I'm just thankful to be at the very forefront of it and to do the little bit that I can do because it's coming. We're all doing it. People are waking up every single day. Yeah. The dark is failing. The darkness <laughs> is failing, even though it doesn't look like it, but they are. I love that. And so we just all need to keep shining our light. And that's the important thing. When that light involves, in, you know, when that when that spark is in that light, it's even that much more powerful. Absolutely. Well said, Andy. Thank you so much. I think the, so the seed has been planted for that world to bloom and to grow. Thank you, Ellie, for this opportunity and for all of the people that you are reaching and all the work you are doing in the Philippines. We need thought leaders in every country. So thank you for being there and doing what you're doing. It's important, more thank important than you realize. Oh, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. I am so honored to have had you speak and also to be able to address the Filipinos who are just waking up to Germanische Heilkunde with yes. raised eyebrows, but you know. <laughs> That's good. It's good. It's, you want a healthy discernment for sure. Exactly. I hope to have you on again, maybe in a few months, if you have something new or any updates or anything, I would love to have you. It'd be an honor Absolutely. to have you. I would love that Ellie. Anytime. Anytime. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you too. Bye Andy. Thank you. Bye-bye. As an adjunct to this episode, I wanted to give some GHK tidbits that were mentioned. All of this information can be found on the website learninggnm.com. In the biphasic system of Senseful Biological Special Programs, we have the Conflict Active Phase followed by the Healing Phase. During the Conflict Active Phase of a Deep Self-Devaluation Conflict, which is a program of the bones, bone tissue loss or osteolysis extends to the bone marrow, resulting in anemia, a reduced red blood cell count, leukopenia, a reduced white blood cell count, and thrombocytopenia, a reduced platelet count. This conflict activity also leads to decreased levels of hemoglobin and hematocrit. Conditions like thalassemia and sickle cell anemia are examples of anemia characterized by low hemoglobin levels and diminished red blood cell counts. During the healing phase, the restoration of bone marrow occurs in conjunction with a reconstruction of bone tissue. The resumption of blood cell production unfolds through four distinct phases. Check out the website for more details on all four. But in phase two, usually between three and six weeks into the healing phase, the bone marrow begins producing a large number of leukoblasts, specialized leukocytes. Their primary function is to aid in the ongoing bone repair process. Importantly, the increase in blast does not affect the count of normal leukocytes, which continue their bacterial work in the healing phase. After fulfilling their role, leukoblasts are absorbed by the body and replaced with new ones until the production of normal cells return to full capacity. Some leukoblasts that cannot be broken down in the liver remain in peripheral blood and can be detected through blood tests. 
These leukoblasts differ from leukocytes, leading conventional medicine to label them as immature and cancerous, despite lacking cell division, a criterion for cancer cells. The high count of leukoblasts is diagnosed as leukemia, and it is during this phase, marked by ongoing anemia-induced fatigue, that most leukemia cases are detected. According to GNM, an elevated leukoblast count signifies the resolution of the self-devaluation conflict and the commencement of healing in the bone and bone marrow. Therefore, the higher the leukoblast count, the better. Side note, radiation exposure resulting from nuclear bombings like in Hiroshima and Nagasaki or the release of radioactive material in nuclear accidents like Chernobyl damages bone marrow, leading to leukemia during the repair phase. Medical radiation and chemotherapy treatments also harm the bone marrow, with more severe consequences if a bone is healing. Besides bone restoration, the bone marrow must recover from radiation therapy and chemical poisoning. The duration and intensity of the conflict active phase determine the extent of the leukemic stage. Chronic leukemia, or slow-growing leukemia, implies that the healing phase is repeatedly interrupted by conflict relapses. In contrast, acute leukemia or fast-growing leukemia indicates an intense initial leukemic healing process, often triggered by a highly dramatic self-devaluation conflict. Lymphoblastic leukemia closely tied to the lymphatic system is typically linked to a self-devaluation conflict of lesser intensity. Lymphatic leukemia is more common in children and often stems from a generalized self-devaluation conflict. Different forms of leukemia may manifest simultaneously or transition from one type to another, especially when additional self-devaluation conflicts are triggered, often in response to the leukemia diagnosis itself. In the context of Germanic New Medicine, all types of leukemia signify positive news as they indicate the resolution of the self-devaluation conflict and the initiation of the healing process. In essence, any condition that emerges during the healing phase of a boner joint, whether it's arthritis, lower back pain, or tennis elbow, is accompanied by a minor form of leukemia. As Dr. Hummer humorously notes, if conventional doctors were to diagnose more accurately, they would have to subject the entire sports world to chemotherapy. Now let's talk about constellations, Andy's favorite subject, and actually mine too since I work a lot with constellations. Dr. Hummer's groundbreaking research has yielded astonishing findings, revealing that constellations wield a profound influence over an individual's character and behavior. Beyond the realm of pure medicine, the Germanic New Medicine delves into the reasons behind various personality traits and tendencies. It elucidates why some individuals embrace perfectionism, flaunt their achievements, engage in compulsive chatter, procrastinate, prefer the comforts of home, or tend towards solitude, while others exhibit contrasting traits like orderliness, structure, and punctuality, as opposed to messiness, disorganization, and chronic lateness. Furthermore, GNM offers fresh insights into the underlying causes of aggression, suicidal tendencies, submissiveness, emotional detachment, and immaturity. 
Additionally, GNM provides a novel perspective on understanding behavioral traits related to sexuality, challenging the conventional notion that these traits are solely shaped by environmental, social, cultural, or genetic factors. It offers insights into what prompts someone to become a womanizer or a nymphomaniac, why a person might exhibit effeminate or masculine behaviors, and which conflicts may contribute to homosexuality. This perspective challenges the prevailing belief that human behavior is exclusively molded by external influences. Schizophrenic constellations, such as the flying constellation, mythoconstellation, or autistic constellation, hold immense evolutionary significance. They represent a further step in human evolution, endowing individuals with a potential for personal growth and the advancement of humanity as a whole. It is worth noting that many of history's greatest discoveries, inventions, technological feats, and artistic and literary masterpieces have emerged from the minds of those with constellated characteristics. Dr. Hammer's research has unveiled the origins of mental illnesses, mood disorders like manic depression, and various behaviors such as hostility, social withdrawal, perfectionism, hypersexuality, and excessive talkativeness. These phenomena he termed as a schizophrenic constellation. In conventional psychiatry, the term schizophrenia is used diagnostically to encompass a broad spectrum of mental disorders. However, within the framework of Germanic New Medicine, a schizophrenic constellation signifies that an individual is in a state of conflict activation involving two biological conflicts that correspond to both brain hemispheres. Examples of some constellations the postmortal constellation is characterized by an incessant preoccupation with thoughts of death. Those within this constellation find themselves obsessively contemplating the aftermath of their own demise, hence the term postmortal. They immerse themselves in vivid scenarios related to their eventual passing, pondering who will attend their funeral, the words spoken during the eulogy, and the fate of their possessions and how their loved ones will mourn their departure. Some even go to the extent of rehearsing their own funeral repeatedly, refining the details each time. The purpose of this constellation is to provide an escape into the realm of death, allowing individuals to withdraw from the challenges of life until more favorable circumstances arise. Emerging from this state is akin to a rebirth. The Casanova constellation, like Pablo Picasso, is characterized by an irresistible urge to pursue and conquer women. The intensity of this compulsion varies in direct proportion to the challenges encountered. Biologically, this constellation serves the purpose of compelling a man who has lost a sexual partner or has faced sexual rejection to actively seek out women for the purpose of ensuring procreation. This can be contrasted with a nympho constellation, which is associated with females. In essence, the Casanova constellation gives rise to behaviors such as womanizing, promiscuity, and an insatiable sexual drive in men. 
The flying constellation is a state characterized by a profound detachment from reality. Its primary purpose is to enable individuals to temporarily transcend the conflicts they face and confront their underlying fears. For those who have endured extreme and terrifying experiences such as abuse, torture, or war, this constellation becomes an essential coping mechanism for survival. Individuals aboard a flying constellation exhibit a dreamy disposition. They embody the archetype of procrastinators who initiate projects but struggle to see them through to completion. Their modus operandi revolves around last-minute actions, constant postponements of tasks and appointments, missing deadlines, organizational chaos, and a chronic habit of tardiness. These flyers are exceptionally prone to distractions, finding it challenging to stay grounded in the present moment. They also tend to shield themselves from reality, often denying failures and setbacks. Rather than confronting life's uncomfortable circumstances, they seek refuge in escapism. Their connection to the physical world seems somewhat tenuous, leaving them appearing like celestial wanderers detached from the real world. Frequently, they gravitate towards careers or hobbies related to flight, such as piloting airplanes or helicopters, indulging in paragliding, hang gliding, skydiving, or parachuting. They are also drawn to lofty terrains, embracing extreme mountain climbing with gusto. And in some cases, their passion for monoplanes or kites persists well into adulthood, reflecting a perpetual youthful fascination. When combined with a mytho constellation, individuals, particularly writers, may be inclined to create works of science fiction or epic tales set in outer space, reminiscent of classics like Star Wars. Fantasy worlds such as The Land of Oz, Alice Wonderland, Gulliver's World or Middle-earth have emerged from these constellations. People in a flying constellation are naturally drawn to the supernatural and the paranormal. This constellation enables individuals to tune into dimensions beyond the physical realm, facilitating connections with loved ones who have passed away or communication with beings such as elementals, fairies, angels, and spirits. Dr. Hummer's research sheds new light on the origins of extrasensory perception, or ESP. These abilities like precognition, clairvoyance, clairsentience, and clairaudience. Those who report receiving inspirations out of nowhere, whether they are discoverers, inventors, or artists, are often associated with this constellation. I myself have a flying constellation and an asthma constellation. To some extent, we can all have our own constellation in varying degrees, programmed by nature for our survival. Mythomaniacs are brimming with ideas, particularly within their areas of interest, whether it's a trade, business, research project, or artistic endeavor. They possess the remarkable ability to effortlessly improvise on a wide range of topics. Just as the saying goes, appetite comes with eating, for mythomaniacs, ideas flow as they speak. Among them, you'll encounter the skilled storyteller, a master at conjuring imaginative tales, prolific writers who churn out book after book, often within the same genre, be it horror, vampire stories, detective novels, or science fiction. You'll also find articulate public speaker moderators, scholars, 
politicians and preachers, as well as those who consistently deliver punchlines, such as comedians and entertainers. The autistic constellation is characterized by a compelling inclination towards withdrawal from social interactions. This withdrawal serves as a means for individuals to better manage their internal conflicts. The strength of this constellation is directly related to the shrinking of one's perceived safe space and world. At its extreme, mutism, a reluctance to speak, represents the autistic person's ultimate refusal to engage in communication. Children exhibiting selective mutism may converse normally with family members but resist speaking at school or with unfamiliar individuals. Visit the website for more information on this constellation. Anorexia, known as anorexia nervosa, is characterized by compulsive fasting and a steadfast refusal to eat. Those affected by anorexia often engage in frequent weigh-ins, sometimes checking their weight multiple times a day. The central conflict in anorexia revolves around an intense fear of gaining weight, and a prolonged experience of the anorexia constellation can lead to severe weight loss, which can pose a life-threatening risk. It's important to note that the roots of anorexia can often be traced back to conflicts related to territorial anger or identity issues, such as feelings of not fitting in. These conflicts may manifest as distress over one's weight, including hurtful or disparaging comments about one's body, teasing from male family members or peers regarding one's physique, feelings of shame due to perceived overweight, or a sense of inadequacy in comparison to someone seen as slimmer and more attractive, like a female friend, older sister, schoolmate, model, or movie star. Similar to bulimia, anorexia most commonly emerges in women during their teenage years. Young girls and adolescents are particularly vulnerable to conflicts related to their body image. Given the heightened importance placed on physical appearance during this phase of life, nevertheless, anorexia can affect individuals as young as 8 years old and continue to be a concern for women in their 60s. It's also essential to recognize that anorexia can affect boys and adult men as well. The megalomania constellation is characterized by an irresistible compulsion to seek attention and recognition. Individuals in this constellation exhibit a continuous self-centered attitude, along with an inflated sense of self-worth. They often come across as excessively confident, arrogant, pompous, and pretentious, appearing full of themselves. Within this constellation, we encounter individuals who are show-offs, braggarts, boastful, know-it-alls, and narcissists who crave attention, approval, praise and admiration, a condition classified in the DSM-5 as Narcissistic Personality Disorder. This self-importance serves as a defense mechanism against a dual or multiple erosion of self-esteem, allowing individuals to create a superior, often unrealistic image of themselves. In essence, feelings of inferiority are transformed into a sense of superiority, resulting in an exaggerated belief in one's superiority over others, psychologically known as a superiority complex. 
we observe similar behavior in nature where puffing up feathers serves as a tactic to impress rivals by appearing stronger or larger. It's a natural surviving strategy. In the human realm, an inflated ego serves the purpose of shielding individuals from further conflicts that devalue themselves. Simultaneously, this puffed-up self-esteem provides those who have been belittled with the strength to uplift themselves, regain confidence and self-assuredness. This megalomania constellation generates the necessary drive for exceptional achievements, whether academically, intellectually, in sports, the arts, or a professional career. This constellation may also offer insights into what is commonly referred to as the short man syndrome. Furthermore, the megalomania constellation can give rise to control freaks, individuals compelled to exert control and power over others. This is where the concept of the gaslighter personality comes into play. Gaslighting in psychology refers to a manipulation tactic aimed at undermining another person's self-esteem to maintain a superior position. Gaslighters seek to create confusion in their victims regarding their self-perception, life interpretation, reality, memory, or intellectual and social abilities. When combined with an aggressive consolation, gaslighters intend to harm others through manipulative mind games, constituting a form of emotional and psychological abuse. As a trauma therapist, all of my clients have some sort of consolation. It's easy to be bothered by the behavior of others, but once we understand the fifth biological law of nature, or the quintessence, where nothing in nature is bad, there is always a biological purpose. We look at the behavior of some people and recognize that their brains needed to adapt to the perceived distressful life experience. They are just trying to survive. I hope this can trigger a bit of compassion, or at the very least, an objective understanding. I hope I have piqued your interest in taking Andy's Constellation course and her other courses as well. As she said, learn this while you're healthy. When you've already been diagnosed with an advanced stage condition, it's like teaching swimming to a drowning person. You need to learn how to swim first. In biohacking, you control your biology so it doesn't control you. But first, heal your mindset. To Biohacking and Beyond, see you in the next episode.